Hello and welcome to the Applicant Podcast. I'm Rebecca Tripp and on this podcast we talk about education, immigration, and the law. Um, Before I dive in this week, I just wanted to give you um, two quick updates. So to start, um, this podcast in August is going to be changing gears a bit. I have a list of lawyers that I'm going to be bringing onto the podcast um, to talk about their, their journey into law. So I'm really excited about that. Um, We haven't had any lawyers yet. I think one of my earlier episodes I had Jake who is in law school to become a lawyer but I do have some really good lawyers coming on to the podcast. So I'm really excited about that and that's something that will be happening in August. Another update which is a little personal is that I accepted a position as a teacher at Ashton College in Vancouver. As you may or may not know, I'm located in Ontario. I'm not going to be moving. It's a remote teaching position, but I'm really looking forward to this new opportunity. So the program is called their their ILAC program. So it's the Immigration Legal Assistant Certificate Program. I really enjoy talking about law and immigration. I really enjoy working with students. And so, and, and maybe from watching my trailer, you know that those are all passions of mine. So I'm really excited to start teaching and I know a lot of people are are listening and watching so I just wanted to give you that update before I started this podcast episode this week because um, it's good news and I think if there's good news you should you should share it. There's a lot of negative news out there and a lot of bad news that can come around Um, and I mean the last few years with the pandemic um, I think we all need the good news whenever we can get it so I'm sharing my good news with you um, and I'm just really excited to get started on that. Okay, so for this week's episode, I want to talk about the importance of paralegals and immigration consultants. Um, so a bit of a bit of history. Um, immigration consultants started as a regulated profession in the early 2000s. Paralegals were first licensed in 2007. And the reason I bring that up is that it is a relatively, they are both relatively new professions. And I think one of the reasons why, you know, looking at a common denominator, why did they both start? Where did they come from? Is also why they're so important. So it's this idea of access to justice. Does every single individual that has a legal case deserve a lawyer with 20 years experience specialized in in their matter? Yes, but do all individuals have the funds to pay for such lawyer? No. Do all matters need someone with that much experience and, and to have that title of being a lawyer? No. And and for example, we can talk about with immigration, things such as like a visitor visa, they're relatively simple to pull together. And after, as a legal representative, after I've had experience with like 10, 20, 30, that experience came from working with fellow lawyers and or working with other lawyers, sorry, not fellow, I'm not a lawyer, um, but working with other lawyers and understanding those cases. Um, and so I don't think that everyone needs a, a lawyer to represent their file. Additionally, what people will often do is that if they can't afford it, they will do it themselves. And while I think it's risky to, to take on your files on your own, applying for permanent residency or citizenship, it is possible. 
And there are a lot of people that successfully do it. So that goes back to the access for justice. Okay, well, if they're, if they don't have funds or if they want to take the file on their own, you know, there, there needs to be an in-between between hiring a lawyer and, and doing it yourself. And I think that's really where the, the paralegal and the immigration consultant professions came from. With the paralegal scope of practice, paralegals really are now like the experts in that, that area. And not a lot of lawyers will take on those files because they, they are so maybe minor or they're not high billable hours or there's not a lot of repeat clients. So just to give a quick recap, in Ontario, licensed paralegals are able pr to provide representation within a narrow scope of practice. So that's provincial offenses, small claims, which is when you're suing someone for $35,000 or under, um, summary convictions. So if someone is facing up to six months in jail, it's considered a summary conviction. Um, indictable is, is when it's over <laughs> six months and that's when you would need a lawyer. And any tribunal that there is or board or, or commission, um, a, a paralegal can represent you in those in, in those areas. So I believe what's what's happened is that paralegals have started to dominate the, those areas. A case for 35,000 and under, you know, maybe some lawyers will say no to that because it's just not, it's not worth their time. They could have another client that they could bill more to. And also looking at that list, you might not get a lot of repeat clients. Like I, I hope that there's not people that are, um, facing six months or less in jail multiple times. I hope that people aren't dealing with lawsuits all the time of $35,000 or under. So there isn't a lot of, of repeat clients. And I think that's another reason why there has been like a bit of this divide between what lawyers can do and paralegals can do. And, and part of that is just, you know, paralegals are now the go-to people for certain matters. Another really good example of this is landlord tenant law. The board is really backed up and you'll hear a lot of people talk about the landlord tenant, like landlord tenant law as you know, there's, there's a lot of little things going on and it's not big money. Paralegals have really started to dominate that. So I think that's another reason why, you know, the birth of the paralegal and immigration consultant professions has come from these um, areas or cases where um, it almost makes more sense for a lawyer not to do it. To go one step further, talking about immigration consultants, I think what happened, you know, before the profession was regulated was that People would do it on their own. They would come to Canada and then they would charge their friends. And, and I'm talking about this very broadly and very generally. But what would happen, I believe, is that people would start charging their friends to be like, oh, I did it. I can help you do it. You know, it's high stakes. You're playing with people's immigration status, people's lives, um, the financial element of it, charging thousands of dollars, it does need to be regulated. I really do believe it needs to be regulated. You know, while it does help to have someone that's done it before, um, or someone that speaks your language, that's another really big one. Um, I think it should be a, a profession that's regulated. Um, another really 
interesting um, topic I want to talk about when I'm talking about immigration consultants and paralegals is that what many people may know or not know is that we can't accept legal aid. Legal aid is only for lawyers. You know, to kind of look at it more broadly, it is kind of a, it's interesting that the paralegal, let's just focus on paralegals. The paralegal profession is really there to provide access to justice, but yet we're not allowed to accept legal aid certificates for people that don't have funding. And not all lawyers, this is another thing that people may not know, not all lawyers accept legal aid certificates. You have to find a lawyer that will accept it. And when it comes to legal aid, it's worth noting that you don't apply to the federal government for legal aid. You actually have to apply based off of the region that you're located. Um, and when it comes to Ontario and legal aid, I think many will, people will find it very interesting what the actual gross annual income um, threshold is to be able to be eligible for a legal aid certificate. So that's just kind of a, a comment on on access to justice and the legal aid system. There is a lot of changes I think that need to be made. And I think there's a lot of um, development and progress that still needs to be made. But that is um, just something I find really interesting. I do think that the paralegal and immigration consultant professions still have a lot of work to do. Um, and so, for example, there is a debate going on about how paralegals, licensed paralegals in Ontario, should be able to um, represent clients in the immigration industry. Um, and I'm going to give my opinion on this, and I think some people will agree with me and some people will disagree with me, but I think it goes um, into the conversation of the importance of paralegals and immigration consultants. Like, I, I feel like this is a topic that we can weave into it. So, okay. Okay, so let's start with the facts. So as a paralegal, you can provide legal representation at a tribunal. The IRB, Immigration and Refugee Board, is a tribunal. So paralegals, as it stands right now, are able to represent foreign nationals at the IRB. Immigration consultants can also represent clients at the IRB. Paralegals, however, are not allowed to provide immigration services. So they can't fill out the forms, they can't submit applications on behalf of foreign nationals. So the great debate is, should paralegals, since they can represent clients at the board, why can't they just submit applications on behalf of foreign nationals? So the... When thinking about this topic, um, I think we need to talk about the education. So in the paralegal program at Fleming College, for example, I went to Fleming College, your um, education is based around the narrow scope of practice of a paralegal. So we take courses on small claims, on provincial offenses, and so on and so forth. Um, we do now take a course on immigration law, but it's only one hour per week for one semester. So it's only 15 hours. I just don't think that is enough education to prepare an individual to represent clients 
um, when submitting their immigration applications. I really don't. Um, I think that as an immigration consultant, you take courses on how to draft a submission letter. What is a letter of support? Um, what are the different categories of immigration? Um, and there's just, there's so much that goes into a single file. There are so many ways that people can, can be rejected for something really minor. Um, every little detail is very important when it comes to immigration law and submitting an application. And I just don't think 15 hours is enough. Um, to go one step further, over the last few years, the immigration consultant profession has changed a lot as well. So the governing body used to be called the ICCRC, and they have now changed to a college, the CICC. And with that change, they also changed the educational requirements. So it used to be offered at, I believe, 11 different colleges and universities across Canada. Um, two of those, for example, are uh, were UBC and Humber College. I completed my education at Humber College. Um, and they've changed that. So now it's only offered at Queen's University and McGill. Queen's University offers the English program and McGill offers the French program. I think they're realizing that the education that immigration consultants were getting really needed to be revamped. And I think there was a lot of things that they needed to update. And while they were updating the governing body, they also updated the educational requirements as well, which I agree with. I think that there was a lot of things in my Humber program um, that could have been done differently. Um, that could have been upgraded or, you know, things, there was a lot of things I would have changed if I was teaching that course. Um, nonetheless, I really liked my, my Humber course, but I just think that the changes that they're making to the education um, are, for, are for the best. Another change that they made is that you now need to have a bachelor's degree in order to um, enroll in the program. You know, I don't feel strongly about that either way, um, but I do see what they're doing, which is they're trying to change the profession and they're adding more education in order to enroll in, in this program to become an immigration consultant. And lastly, they rolled out a new specialization program. So as of July 1st, 2023, immigration consultants cannot actually represent clients at the board until they complete more education and they receive their RCIC-IRB class license. Um, it's worth noting that after July 1st, 2023, paralegals can still provide legal representation at the board. I called the Law Society just to confirm this and nothing has changed on the paralegal side of things when it comes to representing clients at the IRB. So with all that being said, there's the great debate right now is should paralegals be able to provide immigration services? Should we be able to fill out the forms and submit applications on behalf of other foreign nationals? Um, I don't think so. I feel like the paralegal profession is a narrow scope of practice and the way they've, the, the Law Society of Ontario has educated paralegals is that the course that you have to take um, includes all the areas of law that is within that narrow scope of practice. So I think if they are going to be allowing paralegals to represent clients um, in immigration law that they should 
then add courses into the paralegal program in order to better prepare paralegals to represent the, those clients. I also think that part of access to justice is providing well-educated representatives in the industry. And I think that is part of what the governing body is trying to do. Um, and guys, just to really get into this, if you're watching this episode on, on YouTube, um, here is the education that paralegals get regarding immigration law. It's 15 hours in semester four. Um, but when it comes to immigration consultants and the new Queen's graduate diploma in immigration and citizenship law, um, they actually have to complete nine courses delivered over three terms in 12 months. Um, here's the QR uh, code if you want to scan it and learn more. Um, but to summarize, you know, this is a really big difference between what paralegals learn about immigration law and what immigration consultants learn. As a paralegal, you are able to represent clients in a tribunal. And many paralegals that do represent clients in the IRB, the Immigration and Refugee, at the Immigration and Refugee Board. And don't get me wrong, some of them are really good at what they do and they represent their clients well at the IRB. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with, with my opinion of it, but I just think that we should be holding ourselves to a high standard. I think paralegals should be, I think immigration consultants should be, and I think that the way the Law Society and the CICC is managing paralegals in the immigration industry is, is correct, and I agree with it. In summary, I do think that there is a place for everyone in the legal industry, from lawyers to assistants, um, paralegals and immigration consultants in between. I think there is a place for everyone. Everyone is very important. Um, the legal industry is supporting civilians, and in Canada, we have a diverse population. And I think the more diverse representation that the province can provide, the better. So I really do think that both professions um, are important, need to stick around. Um, and I think that, you know, as they are getting regulated, um, more and more so, I would say over time, it's, it's a good thing. That's my thoughts on the immigration consultant and paralegal professions and the importance of both. I could talk a lot about the importance of paralegals and immigration consultants. Um, so I'll, I'll stop here so that way it's not an extremely long video. But I would love to know what your thoughts are on the paralegal and immigration consultant professions. I would love to know if you have any questions, um, if you agree or disagree with my opinion of paralegals providing immigration uh, services. And yeah, that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening and tune in next week for another episode on the Applicant Podcast.